Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Well, hello. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. This is, of course, the very special Monday Pickups Edition. It's a Thanksgiving week Pickups Edition. I am merely Andy Barron's your usual host here, and I am joined by multi-sport fantasy legend Scott Pianowski. Scott, you and I are you and I are old enough to remember a time when the NFL actually had a few teams that were verifiably, objectively, undeniably good. But um, that is apparently not this era. Yeah. Um, what do we look for in fantasy, right? We look for consistency. We look for things that are projectable. And while every week is going to have some variance and every week is going to have some good players who go bad, I felt like there's an extra amount of variance in week 11. And and I see people like beating themselves up for like playing Dan Arnold. I mean, the, the guy had three good games in a row. Look at all the name brand quarterbacks who let us down. You know, the, that uh, Kansas City Dallas game, which I think we all thought was going to be pinball. I mean, that, that game went on tilt. Yeah. Da- Dallas couldn't do anything. There were reasons for that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a very small game. Um, we, we didn't get a full game of Justin Fields. We didn't get any Lamar Jackson. We didn't get any Kyler Murray. So it's, it's just if, if you survived, if you survived in week 11, if you avoided the Jonathan Taylor, you know, uh, flash dance, you know, he basically beat you on his own. Um, I did not play Jonathan Taylor in DFS. I, I might as well just not even check my DFS scores this week because I had a lot of guys <laughs> who missed. But you, you know, we we think when we think of star quarterbacks, when you have a vanity quarterback, you you generally think that he's going to score a good number for you more often than not. And, and I feel like, and, and football's tied to so many different things, right? I mean, you get to have the right play call, and you get to have a good offensive line. You know, the quarterback has to throw the ball, the receiver has to catch it. All these things have to go go right. They're all interrelated. And, and I feel like there just hasn't been as, mu- as much offensive consistency this year as maybe in past years. And that's why the sledding lately has been a little bit more rough and, and bumpy than usual. Yeah, you're, you're so right. You you tend to think of the, the elite upper tier quarterbacks as guys who are just, you know, the floor is what, 18, 19, 20 fantasy points, something like that. You're not going to get... You're not going to get an absolute face plant from them. But you look, I mean, shoot, Justin Herbert had a fantastic game. But even that guy has either been one touchdown or like three or four touchdowns. Right. And there's very little in between. It's just been it's just been an incredible sort of roller coaster of a year. Can't get used to it. Can't really identify a powerhouse in the league. And uh, it's been a while since we've been able to say something like that. We are, of course, going to dive into pickups in this show because that is what we do. Spoiler alert. It's this is not my favorite week for pickups, by the way. But first, uh, I want to I want to give you a little special announcement. We have a special uh, bit of DFS news for Thanksgiving week. Yahoo will be hosting a special $1 million, that's a lot of money, $1 million everyone wins Thanksgiving DFS contest. Everyone who joins this contest, everyone is guaranteed to win a cash prize. No losers, only winners. So don't miss your chance at getting a share of the $1 million cash prize. Visit the Yahoo Daily Fantasy Lobby right now and join the $1 million Everyone Wins Thanksgiving contest. Um, I want to make it clear that Andy Andy is not eligible for that, neither am I. Although for Andy, I think it would actually be a pay cut. Um, it's, a, so, it's a modest pay cut, yeah. Yeah, you're still living cut, off that sex drive money, so... Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I'm, living, I'm living off of that, and I'm living I'm living off the uh, Shohei Otani MVP money right now. Oh, there, yeah, I saw you uh, doing callbacks to all your baseball winning props. Uh, 
Hell yeah. Way to go for that. Uh, also, I think I think Frank Schwab and I were giving out Otani last year. Uh, and by the way, there won't be a, a gambling show. We have an abbreviated podcast schedule this week. Some of the pods made the cut. The gambling pod has not. But if you want picks from Frank and I, first of all, Frank's on like 17 pods a week per his contract. <laughs> you're um, not even trying. If you're missing Frank Schwab on, on podcasts in any given week, you're just not even trying because yeah, Frank's on all of them. He's ubiquitous. He's basically the show. Hey, Otani of Yahoo Sports. Let's face it. You know, he, <laughs> he pitches, he hits, you know, he's not allowed he's to He's the Cordero him. Patterson. Yeah. No days all everywhere. Um, well, well, I'll tell you, Andy Barons. Um, let me sneak. Let me duck in a little bit of uh, of gambling here. I, I keep trying to to get this MVP market timed right. I thought Dak Prescott <sighs> was coming into a good spot. Made him made Dallas a pick. Said I thought Dak would have a watershed game. That did that, you know? Spoiler: No watershed game for Dak. That was a really ugly game. I don't know if I have the stomach to rewatch it. Josh Allen has been kind of exposed as I don't know. One thing we did get right is that we thought Josh Allen was crazy to be the MVP favorite. So what we're falling into now is the players who are having outstanding seasons are at positions that generally don't win MVPs. Jonathan Taylor is having a wonderful season. He's picking, he's taking the baton from where Derrick Henry was. Cooper Cup on by this week uh, probably still had 127 yards because he's Cooper Cup. He's having a wonderful <laughs> season. These are typically guys that the voting populace will give the Offensive Player of the Year award to because the NFL is just designed that the quarterback is so gigantically important that they usually win MVPs. Do you think Taylor Cup guys like that have a chance, or, or you think it'll just fall back to whatever quarterback plays well over the next six or seven weeks? Did you see any logical play in the MVP market right now? Because I'll tell you, I, I don't know. I'm trying to get this right, and I feel like I'm I'm just giving out a lot of bad advice. So let's try to give out some good advice. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I I still tend to think of it as you know, right or wrong. Obviously, you're, you're correct in saying that it's basically a quarterback's award as it as it probably should be in, in the NFL, right? Like um, no other position has quite the same path to value that quarterback does. I get it with Jonathan Taylor. As he was going off, people were beginning to to put forth the notion that maybe he could he could be the rare Peterson, right? Adrian Peterson, the last uh, non-quarterback MVP that that uh, he could perhaps do that. You know, like Cooper Cup is is I think still tracking to at least challenge the single season receiving yardage record. So there's there's obviously some notable seasons going on. I mean, T- Taylor leads the league in everything that a running back can lead the league in, right? Um, It's wild. It's uh, rushing yards. It's rushing touchdowns. It's total touchdowns. It's scrimmage yards. He's been fantastic, obviously. And he's got this phenomenal streak of, of what, seven or eight games with over 100 total yards. It also becomes an award that is about narrative though and like what is what is the story that we can tell about your season and that was pretty easy to do with Aaron Rodgers last year um not not that that's you know maybe maybe you can think of that as a tiebreaker maybe you can think of it as like to me last year that was what was always separating Aaron Rodgers from like Patrick Mahomes when it when it appeared that they were basically having the same season in terms of value I still think that the guys that we can spin a nice story for and listen, I think the MVP is so undecided right now that it that it gets, you know, we might as well consider it almost a clean slate. And as if the the next, you know, six weeks are actually going to determine this award, six, seven weeks are going to determine this award. Um, I, I think the guys that you can really paint a compelling story for are are still Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, right? Like Dak coming off the injury. And of course, there's a, you know, there's a comeback player of the year award that he could also be receiving. But that that to me is going to play into it. Like if if Dallas finishes this season with, uh, you know, let's let's say they're one of the teams that gets a buy in the NFC, something like that, that to me would be really compelling. And he's obviously going to have an incredible statistical story to tell. And then Lamar's season, given where it started, given the the loss of of not only their top running back, but then their second running back and all the things that will have been put on Lamar's plate and the kind of crazy split that he's going to end up with in terms of passing yards and rushing yards, the obvious improvements that he's made, um, both in terms of volume and ability as a as a passer. You know, we're going to we're going to forget the fact that he missed this game. Right. We're going to get to the end of the season. And we're going to look at this huge number of fourth quarter comebacks and and uh, game winning drives that he's responsible for. And we're going to we're going to be able to tell ourselves a story about Lamar being as uniquely valuable to his team as anybody. Um, so I think that's in play for him as well. But more than anything, I, ju- I just think it's totally up in the air right now. Yeah, definitely. Um and, and the reason I'm mentioning is, you know, we know over at our, our friends at BetMGM, you can wager on this stuff and it's fun to track the market, but it's going to be decided in the final third of the season. And you're so right about 
you have to have a narrative and you have to have team success. I mean, we just saw in baseball, Bryce Harper and Shohei Otani won MVP awards. The Angels were nowhere close to the playoffs and the Phillies yeah. didn't make the playoffs either. It, you, that doesn't matter in baseball. You can still win, you can still win the MVP. And, and baseball is such a pure sport for analysis because it's such a game of individual acts. Football is a game of interrelated acts and you, you need so many things need to go right for a play to be successful. And, you know, it, it's hard to, differentiate sometimes who 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 is really the star here is it the play caller is is it the head coach is it the quarterback is it the left guard I mean, you know left tackle whatever it is um so it's so difficult to say you know there are people who will still say oh joe montana and steve young weren't that great they had jerry rice they had bill walsh you know you you, you can credit anybody you want and discredit anybody you want i, I think jackson and prescott are two reasonable guys to mention I'm also curious to see if Tom if Tom Brady can say maybe lead the league in touchdown right. passes at right. his age. Um, he's going to have a shot. And, and the thing with Baltimore, the thing with Dallas, the thing with Tampa Bay is that they all have a path to being like the number one and the number two seeds in their conferences. You you got to make the playoffs to win the MVP, and that that could hurt Taylor. Maybe the Colts don't make the playoffs. Maybe they go nine and eight. The NFL doesn't have history of saying, "Oh, okay, you're a 500 or slightly above 500 team." you have an MVP candidate. That's generally not how the, the voting populace takes place. So uh, we have to keep be mindful of that. So there's a fun sidebar. I know you're here for pickups. I don't think you can pick up Lamar Jackson. I don't think you can pick up Jonathan Taylor, uh, even though Brady hasn't played till Monday. I think he's still rostered hundred percent of league. So maybe, <laughs> maybe we could sneak out some pickups and, 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 and segue former MVP Cam Newton. I'll admit I, I came in low. I put him on my fade list. I did win a, a yardage prop where he went under, which a very by the narrowest of margins. If, if Carolina had gotten one more first down late in that game, uh, Cam would have beaten that prop. And, and you know, Andy, I'm, I'm thinking. I know Newton has edged over fifty percent, so he, he's you know, a lot of you who are listening can't pick up Cam Newton. But when I looked at the wreckage of the quarterback leaderboard this week <laughs> and saw all you know, saw all the Trevor Simeons and Joe Flacco's and, and Tyrod Taylor's right. were on it. And all the players I needed, like like Dak and Mahomes and, and Russell Wilson, who weren't on it. I know this is not a new theory. I, I know I've, I've been saying for years that you know the way we score quarterback um, points, it's just algebra. We want running quarterbacks. Rich Rebar has been dining out on the Konami Code uh, branding for years. We, we love Rich, uh, great fantasy analyst. We've had him on this program before. I'm at the point now where if we were redrafting now, and look, I said all these nice things about Brady two seconds ago. I, I think I would have to have a quarterback who had some running element because I look at the game Jalen Hurts had. I'm not sure he played particularly well. He ran in three touchdowns. He had 16 non-kneel-down rush attempts. Terod Taylor did not play particularly well. He ran in a couple of touchdowns, top 12 quarterback. Uh, Justin Herbert is a good throw of the football, but one of his best games in a while, he'd been kind of a mini slump, was sparked by 90 rushing yards. I'm at the point right. now you can't right. you can't draft these pocket quarterbacks anymore. I, 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 th- I mean, maybe the market will, will overreact to it. Maybe they'll be screaming values next year. But I'm at the point now where I'm it's mandatory. My quarterback has to have some rushing element to his game because I need consistency at that position. And that that backboard, that tailwind is how you get consistency there. Yeah. So I've just actually brought up um, there's uh, so much there that we need to talk about. And I, I had intended to talk about Cam Newton separate from the rest of the quarterbacks that we're going to bring up as as potential ads, because, as you mentioned, he's he's just a little bit. It's just like a tick over what we normally set as the threshold for for rostership uh, where, where we're willing to talk about him in this program. But I just brought up uh, Justin Herbert's game log and what I had mentioned it earlier in the show, what a wild ride, right? Like there's all these weeks that aren't actually particularly helpful. Um, One, two, three, four weeks with only a single touchdown pass, Um, you know, a couple of other weeks with two touchdown passes. And then everything else is just like he goes supernova, right? So, um, but the, the guys who have that steady and not that, you know, not that there hasn't been any rushing element to Justin Herbert's game, but long term, it's not going to be a big part of his game necessarily. He's obviously coming off a a, a somewhat surprising 90 yard uh, rushing effort, but that is not something that is there week to week. It's these guys who are just giving you week in and week out 55 rushing yards. You know, they don't even have to be they don't have to be Lamar necessarily. But you mentioned Jalen Hurts, you know, um, it, it's these guys who can who can consistently produce 40 rushing yards. Good shot at a rushing score. And there's so many of them now that it's hard to avoid them. There's even a handful out there uh, available on waivers. Let's uh, 
Let, let's focus on Cam, though, for a minute, because Cam is like, again, he's right at that line where he might be available to you. And we've got Mahomes on by this week. We've got Kyler Murray on by this week. We assume that he's going to come back healthy off the bye. And we've got bye weeks continuing through week 14, um, like bumping right up against the playoffs. We've got bye weeks continuing. So uh, the, the bye weeks are going to keep coming. Cam right now rostered in 51% of Yahoo leagues. You mentioned it. He didn't he didn't quite hit 200 passing yards, but as a as a proof of concept game, it, it was pretty phenomenal, right? A um, couple of passing scores, one of which was just a beautiful ball to Christian McCaffrey. That score was just really, really well thrown, um, really nice touch on the ball. And then he had a long rushing score as well. So he's still got the, you know, he he's still got the instinct to run the ball. He's still a very aggressive and willing runner um, and, and entirely capable too, right? I think he had 10 rush attempts in that game, 40 plus yards, touchdown. Um, and then the two passing, so like he, he just looks perfectly at home. I mean, you can see it even even in difficult matchups. And I, I know he's got some coming up. Um, you can see a path to him still finishing as a top 10, top 12 fantasy quarterback just on the basis of the rushing yards alone. Yeah, he's going to be in my top 10 probably for the rest of the season. There's some nice advantages here for one thing. OK, it's Thanksgiving week. Everybody in the NFL is beaten up right now. No, nobody's healthy. Well, Cam, Cam Newton is relatively unscathed. He didn't yeah, yeah, the fresh first. legs. Yeah. Right, he didn't play for the first couple of months, and then he just got a handful of snaps last week. So he's running proactively. He always can have you know, thirty to fifty yards rushing, is probably his baseline projection, and he can go for more than that in some games. He's got goal line equity, and you know what else is going to happen sometimes is he's going to flip a short pass to Christian McCaffrey, or DJ Moore, and they're going to house it. He's playing with very good skill talent. We're even seeing just this the whiff of, of Robbie Anderson having relevance again after he was basically mothballed by the Sam Darnold experience, and nobody is going to miss Sam Darnold in the last two months. I, I wish I don't know that I have Newton rostered anywhere, and I'm sure he's probably gone in all of my leagues. I so I'll have to get my Cam experience from DFS or you know, maybe some props and everything. And again, I, I did bet his under on passing. I feel very lucky to have won that. Uh, he was just one more completion away from getting that. But it's you're not the thing is with this with Cam is, is simple. He's going to give you rushing production every week, and he'll do something in the passing game. And even if he doesn't pass the ball particularly well, maybe DJ Moore bails him out. Maybe Christian McCaffrey bails him out. I still like the skill talent here. He's a perfect guy. This is why fantasy football is so fun and, and, and maybe maddening too. Kim Newton was completely out of our lives a month ago. Right. He wasn't on right. anybody's radar, and I don't think anybody thought he'd go back to Carolina of all places. That was probably the last place we expected, even though they were having quarterback problems because, you know, they'd had a messy breakup not that long ago. I mean, ago. for like three weeks, they weren't having quarterback problems. And we were talking about Sam Darnold constant. Sam, Sam Darnold was 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 like rushing for touchdowns. He had five rushing scores like in, a, in the blink of an eye. Uh, look, I love PFF, but I'm still trying to figure out how Sam Darnold was PFF's number one quarterback in week eight. <laughs> I, I just don't know how that's possible. I, I, there's going to be a spreadsheet error somewhere. Those guys are great. And I, you should read like Ian Hart hits, everything he, he writes. And I, a bunch of bunch of PFF guys are my friends. So I'm, I'm not in any way knocking the site. But I do not miss Sam Darnold. I'm excited about Cam Newton. Again, I, I snuck out a, a prop fading Newton last week. But I feel like the fade overall was, the wrong, was certainly the wrong play. I, I think this guy's going to be a difference maker the rest of the season. And if you still have a league that will allow you to make trades, I, I generally I'm like, don't trade for a quarterback. There's just so many of them. I would actually trade for Cam Newton. I, I would prioritize him. If you're in a league yeah. where for whatever reason you're an 18 league, people don't need quarterbacks, nobody picked him up. I, I'd go out and get him. I think Cam Newton, you're going to be glad you roster Cam Newton the rest of the season. Yeah. So rest of season rank for Cam for you right now is somewhere inside the top 10, top 12. Yeah, he's eight, nine, seven, something like that. I mean, uh, to me, uh, to me, he's a no doubt starter unless your other guy is an absolute overlord. Yeah, he would have been. I think this week he would have been under fifty percent rostered. But uh, when the uh, when the Lamar Jackson news dropped on Sunday morning, Cam was the he was the pivot play for for most of us. I feel like right, like, Kyler I too. Added, I mean, Ky- Kyler's status wasn't cleaned up till Sunday right. either. Right. I had added Cam in in a couple of leagues as, uh, you know, the two leagues where I was fortunate enough that he was available as a as a Lamar Jackson fill in. The rest of them, not so good. The rest of them were really I'm sure ugly, a lot but, of uh, Russell Wilson managers were hoping that maybe you know, we're thinking in retrospect, Wilson doesn't look healthy. Yeah. Uh, could Geno Smith have really been much worse than the last two weeks than Wilson trying to rush back? And I get it. They have a losing record. They're trying to get back in the playoff hunt. I suspect that, that that's going to be the next the big, you know, we, we saw Brady and. The Patriots had their divorce. Cam and the Panthers a couple of years ago had their divorce. I think we're headed to the Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks divorce. 
Uh, yeah, we had a little fire drill with it last off season, and we're probably going to get the real thing uh, this off season. I, w- I would agree with you there. Let's uh, let's get into some of the other ads at quarterback, some of the more widely available players. And listen, I'm just going to say it again. I'll probably say it two or three more times. This is one of my least favorite weeks for for pickups that I've that I've seen in the entire time that I've been writing a pickups column. This is about as rough as it gets. And if you just want to go into this waiver period and sort of keep your powder dry and not uh, not spend any resources on on this crew. I get it. But again, there are people who are facing buys. There are people who are facing injuries and we're trying to help everybody here. Uh, The injuries at the quarterback position, we've mentioned Lamar Jackson came into Sunday with an illness uh, that is probably going to be resolved this week. And I'm I'm sure he'll be good to go going forward. Justin Fields suffered a rib injury. Doesn't sound as if it's a worst case scenario. Sounds like maybe he avoided fractures there. So that's good. The ads that I mentioned outside of outside of Cam, you've already hit on some of these names. Wrote a little bit about Taylor Heineke, wrote a little bit about Tyrod Taylor. Again, he had the two rushing touchdowns. We know that Heineke has a little bit of a rushing element to his game. He's coming off a three-touchdown performance uh, in that little revenge game for him against uh, Carolina. He's got a matchup coming up with Seattle on Monday night. Tua Tagovailoa still qualifies for this. He's got Carolina coming up. Jimmy Garoppolo, it's like the upcoming matchup is is perhaps the most difficult one that he has left. It's with Minnesota. Aaron Rodgers just lit up Minnesota. So how tough is this really? But Jimmy's got an incredible slate down the stretch. And it now appears, I mean, I'm going to have to take the loss here. Where any, Anybody who thought Trey Lance was going to take over at some point probably has to just, just take the L and admit that as long as Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy, he's going to be the guy. He's the one who's going to be able to benefit from that incredible stretch of games going forward. How would you prioritize that group? Yeah, pour one out for Trey Lance and pour one out for my Taysom Hill. I, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And even when Trevor yeah, Simeon played yeah. poorly for most of that game, it, it still didn't materialize for Taysom Hill. I don't know if he's healthy or not, or if Sean Payton doesn't want to go down that path, but let's give it so up if, on that. I, actually, if we can if we can pause on Trevor Simeon, um, I didn't write about him because he he's the one who got him in that mess. Like, I think this is an interesting discussion. How long do you think they go with him? Because he ends up with a perfectly fine fantasy line, right? And, and gaudy stats and all that, but... But it, it was all a byproduct of the fact that he dug them such a huge hole, and then he was able to put up, you know, some some garbage timey stats against uh, against a, a relatively soft late game defense. Like, do do we think that they they just have to stick with him, or do we think that they? I mean, I, you can make a pretty easy case for Taysom Hill. I mean, that's the Jameis Winston 2019 playbook, right? I mean, you know, yeah. dig yourself a hole and, and then try to you know, dig out of it in garbage time, put up a good score. You never really played well. You probably lost the game for your team. But your fantasy manager is like, oh, cool, 24 points. That, that plays. <laughs> that, I can use that. Um, you know, garbage, garbage time heroes never feel any pain and, and garbage time heroes never really die. I'm, I'm not picking up any Saints quarterbacks. I don't, I don't Archie Manning, don't want them. Uh, Drew Brees, um, Aaron Brooks, I, I don't care. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh Bobby A. Bear, right? I mean, whatever Saints quarterback <laughs> you want to throw to me, I am I'm passing on all of them. I cannot figure out the Sean Payton matrix. I don't trust their receiving group. I do trust Jimmy Garoppolo because he's got Debo Samuel. I know Debo did it in the running game. Man, what a fun player he is. I don't think I have any Debo yeah. Samuel, but I can't root against him because he's just so, such a fun player. But they got Debo doing his thing. They got George Kittle doing his thing, even scoring touchdowns now. Imagine that. Um, they've Ayuk has been out of the doghouse for a while. And how much does defense matter anyway? I mean, I mean, Taylor just carved up the quote-unquote best defense in the NFL, one of the top rushing defenses. That didn't bother Jonathan Taylor at all. Aaron Rodgers with a bad toe uh, you know, went ham against the Vikings. Of course, the Vikings went ham against Green Bay, and their defense had been playing pretty well. Garoppolo has really good pieces around him. You know, I don't know what to do with Heineke because when Fitzpatrick went down, I thought, you know, Heineke, 90% of Fitzpatrick, he's, he gets some of that. You know, I, I I don't just let it rip. You know, your YOLO ball, you know, would be the nice way to say it. Can't really say the acronym I want to use, but he's got a little <laughs> bit of that. He plays every snap like it's his last snap of, of his life. You know, he, he'll run with reckless abandon. He'll throw 50-50 balls. And I'm still hoping. I, I really need Logan Thomas in a, in a few teams. We, we know tight end is just a, a wasteland. But if you throw Logan Thomas into this offense, McLaurin has popped the last couple of weeks. I actually told some people to bench Terry McLaurin this week with it hurt my soul to do it. And then McLaurin played great. I, he's one of my favorite players. I was just concerned about, again, Carolina on paper was a tough matchup. Terrell Heineke, you know, threw his nose up at that. 
Yeah. So I, I'm having trouble with Heineke because when I, I feel like when I was in on Heineke early in the season, he didn't play well. And when I kind of threw up my hands and said, okay, I don't trust Heineke to the point that I'm even starting to wonder about, can I play Terry McLaurin on a team that's loaded at receiver? I, I, I told a couple of people to bench McLaurin this week. I'm not proud of that. He's one of my favorite players, but um, so I'm going to let you break the tie on Heineke because he's gone. You know, there's just been stops and starts of this story. Look, Ta- Taylor was all the, the rushing deodorant. You, you can't bet on him. He's not enough of an active runner that I want to chase that again. So I don't want you to to pick up uh, Terod Taylor. He's a pretty easy guy for me to to pass on. Two is okay. The the player I really like here long term is Garoppolo, and I think Minnesota he can actually do fine against. So Garoppolo is my priority. I don't have a problem with with Tua. I, I kind of I'm leading into Heineke, but I want to see how you feel about him. Uh, don't pick up Terod Taylor. Yeah, my my issue with uh, Heineke is I feel like I had one or two of these seasons with Kirk Cousins uh, a handful of years ago. Like I've I've missed every time I try to take a swing with Heineke. Right, like every time I think the matchup sets up well and he's in a groove, and you know. You see a throw or two from the from the prior week's game that really, uh, you know, uh, are are fairly eye opening, and you think, hmm, maybe there's maybe there's another level that Taylor Heineke can reach. He's failed for me in the <laughs> in the subsequent week. Again, I do like the matchup though against Seattle. It's a it's a Monday nighter. Um, and the other nice thing about Heineke is he's while not necessarily some you know brilliant running quarterback he is a guy who it's it's never a surprise if he gives you 30 40 rushing yards something like that so i don't i don't mind him but i i think i probably have these in the same order that uh that you laid them out i mean i i think garoppolo is probably on top of this and it it you know i i would have loved to see what a fully de- you know had they actually developed trey lance for this moment and for this stretch of games i, I think that could have been really interesting but what we're going to get is jimmy garoppolo and that's going to be pretty good like he's giving you're asking us the wrong straight- question you're asking the wrong question what you should have said is had the niners had the foresight to take mac jones with the number three pick, <laughs> right of, of the afc stampeding patriots right i mean bill belichick is just sitting back i mean what a ball he had he went down to atlanta Shuts out the Falcons. I, I, the Falcons, I feel like, could have played for nine hours in that game and still not scored. And, and then he just sits back and says, oh, okay, Buffalo's getting picked off. Oh, okay, um, Tennessee's getting picked off. Okay, Baltimore's in, in a dogfight with Chicago. Unfortunately, Chicago couldn't finish it, but pretty pretty good week for Patriot fans. And it, it's funny, the stories that come out. You know, did Who really wanted Trey? Look, Trey Lance, he's so young. He hardly played last year. The, the Trey Lance story hasn't begun to be authored. I, I'm not by any means putting a gavel down on whether or not Trey Lance can play. But it's just curious the stories coming out that some of the room may have wanted Mac Jones. And Mac Jones has been pretty darn solid in a year where most rookie quarterbacks haven't been. I, I know part of that's the infrastructure. But then again, look, the Patriots have great coaches. What skill talent are you begging for in the Patriots, right? I mean, what what, what quarterback is saying, man, if I only had Jacoby Myers and, and, and Kendrick Bourne right. on my side, man, you couldn't stop me then. So, yeah, um, it's always it's always tough for me to actually include Mac Jones in this segment. And I think he's only rostered in 40 percent of, of such uh, a league, such a modest ceiling. He doesn't run and he has almost right. no passing ceiling. I mean, you, his his greatest skill is he's not making mistakes. Right. Which is incredible for a rookie playing meaningful games. Um, it's really impressive in real life. It he's doesn't, a game manager. He's a game manager, yeah. maybe game manager plus. But there's no there's no passing ceiling. He doesn't run that much. So he's what every week we're probably ranking him like quarterback 20 that you can't yeah. win a fantasy championship with some you need a ceiling or a floor he really has neither one he's just okay or, or a superstar at receiver who can just uh, you know do things on his own right and he doesn't really have that either it's God, not no, they know, still not they still have i know they have a nice backfield i mean stevenson has proven to be a nice player and, and and harris is a good player but if you ranked every receiving room in the nfl the patriots i think would have a bottom five group you could you yeah. could didn't we rank them last? I, I, I don't know if we did that for a joke or not. Just trying to hurt me the way you guys are. But um, they, they do not have a good receiver room. I, I would, I'm would i excited to see what Mac Jones can do one day when he has adjusted Jefferson or a Devontae Adams. Right. I'm not saying those actual players, but some version of them. I, w- I would love to see what he could do with a top five, top ten receiver, you know, guys he had at Alabama, because he does not have that. In New England, so so I've, I've neatly you know, derailed the show from from somebody. I don't want you to pick up <laughs> just because I wanted to talk about the Patriots. But because hey, you wanted uh, a mid season Patriots victory lap, no, I understand it. I respect it. Thank you. But just to just to put a bow on the quarterbacks, I think Jimmy Garoppolo as like a just 
forward looking at uh, if you actually needed a guy for rest of season for some reason you were dissatisfied with whatever you have a quarterback i think garoppolo is a perfectly uh perfectly fine ad all he's got to do is stay healthy and he's the guy who's throwing the ball to debo to Ayuk, to george kittle it's a great situation it's an incredible cast and again the the schedule that he's going to face in the closing weeks is is pretty unreal so so, so andy we got stay on brand here i have to mention this really quickly uh you're known as the andy dalton whisperer on yahoo You've been known to wear Andy Dalton shirts. You've been known to color your hair like Andy Dalton. I was going to try and, to get through this whole show without a mention know, of a bear, well, but that's well, fine. Hey, hey, what what says Thanksgiving more, right? Thanksgiving a great day for family, oh. football, friends. We're probably going to get Andy Dalton against the Detroit Lions, okay? If, if, if that game doesn't draw like a 17 rating, nothing will. So uh, what's your – and look, you, you don't have to do it for seasonal. You get doing DFS. You know, it's going to be challenge slates. He's going to be one of six starting quarterbacks probably. I'm assuming Fields won't be ready in time. Had the long touchdown pass to Mooney. Uh, you got to give us a, an Andy Dalton statement. I'm demanding it. He is a gentleman who will surely rank for me as a top 26 fantasy quarterback this week. I mean, it's just a it's it's just a miserable game, right? Like just a just an app. Like not only do we get the Lions and Bears um, not playing particularly well, many of the most interesting players are going to be absent from the game. It's just a dud of a quarterback matchup at this point. Neither team should win. The Lions have a, I think, commanding lead at this point, right, as the only winless team. I think everybody else has at least two wins, right? So they've got a little wiggle room in terms of that number one overall pick. They've been borderline unwatchable. The The Bears haven't been, well, often they've been unwatchable, but not always. Um, with, with Fields, if you're a Bears fan, they're at least fun. They had that game. I mean, they absolutely had that game on Sunday, and then the defense gave it away and the coaching staff gave it away. anyway i didn't mean to go down that painful uh rabbit hole i think andy dalton is probably good for i don't know two touchdowns and 180 yards and two picks does that sound does that sound fair does that sound I'm right th- i'm sorry you said 275 and two for dalton no i'm gonna go 180 two and two how's that three, sound? 313 and two I, i'm just trying trying to <laughs> get these numbers right okay that's just absolutely not happening there's just no hope for that but I, I think Mooney can salvage a little bit of fantasy value. Damn it, Scott, you have me talking about the Bears, and I just absolutely did not want to curse you. Well, you know what? A, a, anything that keeps us from talking about this collection of running backs that we're going to pivot to, man, I, I hope you have good running back room already because I don't see the answers in this list, but maybe we'll we'll talk it through and find something. Yeah, listen, there's a, there's a secret list of great running backs that we're going to talk about, but that's for our Platinum subscribers only. Sorry, the rest of you are going to have to listen to these names and they're terrible. Um, and we can, we can, man, we can go through these so quick. Um, first of all, a couple of injuries that occurred at the running back spot, Michael Carter, uh, when he was really just coming into his own and yeah, taking over the, the rushing workload there, he suffered an ankle injury, hobbled off. That didn't seem great. Uh, it's an ankle. Uh, hopefully it's not going to cost him too much time. Jordan Howard, w- just as he was running a little bit better than Miles Sanders and Miles Sanders couldn't hold on to the football. Jordan Howard suffered a knee injury uh, forced from the game. That was uh, that was upsetting to see. There are there are no great answers at uh, at running back on the wire this week. Uh, I got I got nothing for you. Obviously, in in New York, it's going to be some combination of Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman at this stage of his career, at least in my opinion, just sort of a an early down guy who throws himself into the into the line and sees if he can get two or three yards and uh and ty johnson is somebody that they like in hurry up situations he's found the end zone a couple times he's he's kind of lively he's kind of fun but i don't think either of those guys is is gonna fall into the role that carter had and neither of them in all likelihood have uh have carter's talent or his elusiveness um so i'm not super interested there rex freaking burkhead took 18 carries and did almost nothing with them but he does have the jets coming up maybe that's of interest to you I hate having to wade into the to the Titans backfield again, the the Derrick Henry less Titans, but it is worth noting that Dontrell Hilliard it's almost a complicated discussion because I really think that Dontrell Hilliard, who had just been elevated from the practice squad, all he did was exactly what Jeremy McNichols would have done. But McNichols missed the game with a concussion. So it is entirely possible that your takeaway from Hilliard having eight catches and, you know, 80 some total yards, that your takeaway from that should just be, oh, that would have been Jeremy McNichols. And I should go ahead and add McNichols if if I really need something like that. But he's got New England coming up. Not a great matchup. Obviously, a good defense. 
The only other name that I mentioned in the column was Latavius Murray because he's back and he's seeing double digit touches for the Ravens. And that probably means something. But I think Freeman is pretty clearly the um, the guy at the top of that backfield hierarchy, as he as he presumably should be. He's he's looked good for much of the season. He's caught passes. So I'm not like there are no names here that I'm particularly interested in. And if ever there was a week where you should, you know, if you want to add a running back, just go out and get the get the understudy to your primary back. Maybe maybe that's what you ought to do. I'd, I'd rather like I'd prefer to just take a flyer on Alexander Madison than any of these guys. Right. Like just give me some Ajay Pirine over any of these guys. Not that those not that those players are going to do anything in this week. But if something were to happen to the backs ahead of them, I would be more interested in those names than any of these. I don't know. But you you go into the smoldering ruins of the running back position this week and tell me if you like anything. I mean, you're, you're right. Madison should be rostered everywhere. And I think P. Ryan's, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know his tag off the top of my head, but I would think he should be 70, 80, 90%. And I know that he probably isn't. So, and this is, this is handcuff season anyway, or your understudy season, you know, insurance yeah. season. I don't like to do that. I don't like to play that card in August or September. But now when you're, Winning scenario is a lot more specific. This is when the Dalvin Cook manager needs to make sure that he has Madison on his team, stuff like that. You know, yeah. Mixon, who's been really good. You, you, that that guy really wants P. Ryan on his roster. I like Ty Johnson a little bit more than you. He was actually sneaking in these double-digit fantasy games, even when Carter was on his nice little run. And the, look, as bad as the Jets are, their offense actually isn't the major problem. The problem is they can't stop anything. But... They've moved the ball. They've put up fantasy production. You know, they have a receiver that we're excited about that I'm sure we'll talk about uh, depending on his rostership tag. But I have no problem playing Ty Johnson this week. I, I don't think much of Tevin Coleman either, as you don't. Um, I actually could really use Michael Carter, and I'm going to miss him if he can't play this week, which with that ankle injury, it sounds like he probably wouldn't. So Johnson is somebody I could be proactive on. If I'm looking to make a sneaky ad, and this could turn to nothing. I was somebody who was telling people a week ago that Travis Homer could maybe have an 80-yard game. I think he had like a five-yard game. So only 75 yards short. I'm starting to wonder. I, I have no guarantee this is going to turn to anything. But you know, you, you and I are in some deep leagues. We're in a 20-team league with that, that Charles Johnson league, for, for, for crying out loud. Matt Breed is starting to flash in Buffalo. For two straight games, he's been their most interesting running back now, normally I would laugh that off, you know, Buffalo, you know, they're steamrolling towards the number one seed in the AFC. Why, why they need Matt Breida? Well, when teams start losing games, that's when, you know, the um, playing time and the, the backfield rotation, that stuff starts changing. And maybe somebody in the Buffalo room is like, hey, Matt Breida is playing better than our other two guys. What, what do we owe to Devin Singletary and Zach Moss? Maybe Matt Breida needs to get seven to 10 touches, eight to 12 touches. And in, in today's, backfield of platoons you know if you can get to eight or, or ten touches in a game that that has value so uh, in a deeper league matt Breida might be somebody i i put a zero bid on or you know in the second wave of pickups i might look at not a proactive guy the only running back you mentioned that i'm going to go after proactively is ty johnson because i, I just think he's going to step into a very projectable volume role he's a third down back he has some goal line equity and as much as I don't like the Jets for a lot of reasons, I actually think their offense is okay. It's, it's not great by any means, but I mean, it's not Houston's offense, which I, I can't stand. It's There are some teams out there, the, the Lions, it's just really hard to trust other than like two guys. I think the Jets are going to put up 17 or 20 points. And I think Ty Johnson's going to have like anywhere from 10 to 13 fantasy points. And at running back, that's actually a pretty good get. Yeah, to your point on to your point on Brita, two weeks ago it was six touches for 50 yards. This past week it was another six touches. Uh, 67 yards, obviously he's finding the end zone occasionally. Good player, obviously was a, was a terrific player as part of a committee for San Francisco for a handful of years when healthy. Um, he, he was always a highlight machine there, right? Um, this, this just to me now feels like, you know, it was a two man committee that wasn't particularly interesting to us. It's, it's now a three man committee that is just getting a little bit more complicated, you're right. In a really deep league, maybe there's a possibility that Breida spikes from being a guy who plays like a dozen snaps a game to all of a sudden, you know, if if he's out there for 30 snaps and he's and he's has a path to double digit touches that could get interesting if the Bills can fix some other stuff. Right. <laughs> like if they can get back to being that offense, that their uh, offensive line has been so bad. I mean, you got dominated yeah. against the Jags, you got dominated against the Colts. And, you know, so often, look. Breida's got no floor. I want to make that very clear. And I don't even know how, even if you picked him up, how you could play him this week. But what it so often comes down to with backfields 
let's just say that Breed has carved out enough of a role that now this messy backfield has become a three running back group. If you can eliminate one player, if one of the other guys gets into fumble jail or if there's an injury with one of the other two players and now we're looking at two running backs and one of them is Breida, then then you have something you can work with. Right. That's the whole key to so many of these backfields. Can we reduce a three-person backfield down to a two-person backfield? Then they, these players, they have projectable roles and then you can go after them. But So I, again, I want to make it clear. I mean, Breida is just somebody who I would stash as a lottery ticket in a medium or a deeper league. I mean, he's not somebody I can play, assuming there isn't an injury I don't know about. Um, but I I would like to to push a little harder on Ty Johnson than you did. I not that I want to stake my entire Fab fortunes on him, but I think Ty Johnson he, he's going to be Andy. We're going to rank him what running back eighteen, running back twenty one. I mean he's going to be in that neighborhood for me. Running back eighteen, huh? I don't know if I'm going to be able to get there on Ty Johnson. Uh, Still buys a lot of guys hurt, man. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, it's true. Um, I don't know that I see Ty Johnson as a guy who's going to is he going to get 60% of the touches? Is he going to get 70% of the touches? I, I have no idea their intentions with uh, with Tevin Coleman, except that they seem to like him well enough as an early down guy. Um, well, this also speaks to, I'm, I'm spending far too much time with Michael Salfino, that I'm, I'm overrating a New York Jet. <laughs> I, I, I love I Mike. I hope, I hope you listen to The Breakfast Table, where, where him, he and I have uh, you know, weekly arguments about just about everything, rock music and movies, and, and occasionally New York Jet football players. Salfino's really fun. There's nobody else like him. Nobody else like him in our industry. One really, of really one. Fun. Absolutely. One he's of a one. Unicorn. He's a, you, know, you thought Kyle Pitts was a unicorn. Michael Salfino <laughs> is a unicorn. Let's let's get the stink of this week's running backs off of us. And uh, and Please. before we even move on to the receivers, I want to ask you uh, about a player that you mentioned earlier in the show, and that's uh, that's Jalen Hurts. Is Jalen Hurts? I'm not going to make an argument for him as necessarily the fantasy MVP because I think that's pretty clearly if we're voting right now, that's probably Jonathan Taylor. That's probably Cooper Cup. Those are the two guys that are presumably at the top of the uh, the MVPs list. If you go to the research tab in your Yahoo Fantasy League, Debo can't be far behind. Although he's probably and Debo can't be far behind. But relative to where we drafted him, um, Jalen Hurts is there. Is there an MVP case there? I'm going to go back to my default Jalen Hurts kind of statement, which is he is the player who symbolizes the gap between real and fantasy value more than anybody yeah. else. Um, I don't know that the Eagles are sure where they're going with Hertz and what his future is. If they have a bunch of draft capital, it's not believed to be a great quarterback draft, although I've heard in recent weeks that there still may be a handful of quarterbacks drafted in the first round. That's just kind of the way football is. I don't think the Eagles know what they have with Hertz, but Devonta Smith's always open. Dallas Goddard's a good tight end. And this, this this guy runs. This guy has a projectable floor every week and a position where surprisingly floors have been hard to come by. There's been a lot of star quarterbacks who have been letting us down lately. Jalen Hurts, bottom line, let's simplify this. He's been an easy win. He's been easy ADP beater wherever you got him. Anybody who drafted him, if you stayed the course, yeah, he had a couple of hiccup games. And I know Nick Sariani isn't the easiest coach to believe in, but He's been a fantasy winner. I'm sure that when I look at that MVP tab, which is fascinating, right? It's not a perfect yeah. explanation. I mean, there's one year that Josh Gordon was on it only because smart managers picked up Josh Gordon. He did nothing to help you that year, but he was a move that smart managers would make. Jalen Hurts right now goes down as one of the two or three quarterbacks who was the right answer. Uh, he's been a fantasy hit for sure. Yeah, probably somebody that you took. And, uh, you know, this is my maybe this is my way of taking a victory lap on a player, right? I have a fair amount of Jalen Hurts. And the the nice thing is you took him in like round nine. You took him in round 10. He was a relative value. Even in his, you know, he's had a handful of weeks in which he's missed. Even in those weeks, you know, when he throws, when he passes for 103 yards, he rushes for 71. So there's something there. It's not a, it, you know, it's not, it's not a zero. It's not, it's not like having the um, pocket passer who goes for 125 yards and one touchdown and can't help you, right? Like with Hertz, there's, I mean, I'm looking back at his, these are, these are his five most recent weeks in terms of rushing yardage. 69 rushing yards this last week, then 55, then 62, then 71, then 61. He is on pace right now for like a dozen rushing touchdowns and 950 rushing yards. And then you, you add to that, the 3,500 passing yards he's going to finish with and, and close to 20 passing touchdowns. It's just been, it's just been a fun season. And like, as you mentioned, I'm not, I'm not even sure that he's, I'm not sure that he's the long-term answer for the Eagles. I don't know that he's established himself as 
In fact, I'm, I'm fairly sure that he hasn't established himself as like a top 15 or 16 passer necessarily. Um, he threw that through that ugly pick in the Denver game. Like there's always a throw or two that you can point to every game where, where you're like, oh man, how, how could he miss that? Or he sailed a throw. So there, there are definitely some rough moments as a, as a passer, but just a, just a brilliant runner, easy guy to root for. And then you look at, you know, they're one of these teams that has the late buy, like the super late buy, a week 14 buy. And that's going to be a week that you need to win <laughs> in a lot of leagues. So that's a little bit of a pain. But if you get through that, his schedule in the actual fantasy playoffs in weeks 15 through 17, it's, it's uh, you, you know, you couldn't lay it out much better. He gets Washington twice and he gets the Giants. Um, Washington, of course, has been a, one of those defenses that we've just picked on all year. They're the defense that Cam just went off against. So it's just an incredible closing stretch for him. It's been a phenomenal season so far. And uh, I, I think a case can be made based on just purely on ADP, just purely on where you took him. And what you were able to take earlier in the draft because you waited so long and then still got Jalen Hurts. You know, I, I think he's just one of those sort of, we toss around the term league winner all the time and not everybody can be a league winner, but I think he has a chance to finish this season as one of those guys that is a, a legit league winner for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, maybe the way I'd like to phrase is you might go down as the best, the, the, the most right answer at the quarterback position based on production, yeah. based on what he cost. And look, everybody, listen to Andy Barron's. I mean, he was in on the Lamar Jackson MVP breakout I believe Josh Allen was one of your guys last year who it, it seems like a long time ago, but Josh Allen took a major step up last season. This year he gave you Jalen Hurts. So next year when Andy is telling you that, I don't know, Justin Fields is going to make a leap or <laughs> um, you know, Mac, Mac Jones is going to be an MVP candidate or, you know, uh, he'll probably, you have to ignore his Trey Lance advice, which has proven to be historically yeah. wrong. But yeah. um, Andy Barron's has been giving you a lot of right answers at quarterback. And um, yeah, right now, Jalen Hurts goes down as the number one right answer at quarterback as far as where you got him ADP wise in the summer. Didn't mean for that to come back around on me, but I'll take it. Um, let's let's jump into the wide receivers now because we we have to continue helping the people. Um, and and there were some there were some pretty legit injuries uh, at this spot. This is probably the roughest spot in terms of injuries this week. Uh, uh, and and this one this one really hurts me. Ceedee Lamb suffered a concussion relatively early in that in that Dallas KC game. Banged his head on the turf uh, in the in the end zone. Um, ugly play. Immediately rolled out of that thing. And then they come back on Thursday, right? So there's there's very little chance that CeeDee Lamb can possibly be available for the Thanksgiving game. Um, so they're going to be without both Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Um, so that's obviously it's a tough sledding for Dak Prescott Thursday. as well. Oh, so many good players won't be playing on Thursday. Right? It's really disappointing. Right? A.J. Brown suffered both, uh, I believe, hand and chest injuries. Um, man, uh, if AJ Brown can ever just give us a game where he just start to finish is is in it and he's playing every snap and he doesn't have to check out to get looked at, that would be great. Uh, Jarvis Landry still dealing with a knee issue. So a lot of issues at wide receiver. The ads that I wrote about and I'm I'm not there's only one guy here that I think I'm really all in on. Um, and so I guess I'll start with him. I, I think Van Jefferson is somebody who should be well over 50% rostered. He's just collecting targets now, right? And I like I understand why you may have dropped Van Jefferson because there was that little like 24-hour period or whatever it was between the signing of, of Odell Beckham and then the injury to Robert Woods where it really seemed like, okay, Van Jefferson is probably the odd man out here. They're going to have three receivers on the field much of the time. And one of those guys is probably going to be Odell and that's bad for Jefferson. But now but that, that is no longer a problem. The, the, guy, the guy basically never comes off the field for the Rams. He's playing 90 plus percent of the snaps. He's seeing six, seven, eight, nine targets each week. Like volume is there. They're Matt Stafford targets. It's a Sean McVay offense. He's going to play all the time. I think Van Jefferson needs to be on rosters. After him, this is kind of a season to taste thing. I have to talk about Marquez Valdez Scantling because he because he's coming off, you know, he's been just collecting air yards all year with with very little to show for it. And finally, he pops. He has the big reception, goes for a touchdown, 120 plus yards, long TD in that one that uh, that that tied the game before. Captain Clutch, Kirk Cousins, uh, brought back the Vikings. That was good to see. That fun game. Other guys. I, I like Elijah Moore is just over 50% rostered. So we can't talk about him. We've talked about him a couple times. Jamison Crowder is still available to you and he's getting six or seven targets per week. He's got Houston coming up. DeAndre Carter 
has touchdowns in three straight games for the Washington football team. Um, Clicking, obviously, with Heineke. He's not like a zero in terms of targets either. He's got some, you know, six, seven target games out there. So Carter is an interesting player. Someday, Sterling Shepard is going to play again. Perhaps it's next week. He's got Philadelphia coming up. That's been a relatively soft pass defense all year. I'll just throw out the name Tim Patrick again, and you guys can feel free to ignore it. Cedric Wilson strikes me as a guy who might be able to benefit from the absence of both Lamb and Cooper on Thursday. He's got Vegas coming up. Man, did Wilson not have a great day. A couple of key drops against Kansas City. Not that Dallas was necessarily going to do anything anyway, but those were kind of crushing drops. So coming off a rough game, but he's in for, I think, a pretty significant workload. And then I'll just toss in Nick Westbrook-Akina, who has had some moments this year. Ryan Tannehill really likes him. Just went over 100 yards for Tennessee. And, you know, this Tennessee offense, we never know exactly what we're going to get or who's going to pop. They've got, he's got, a tough matchup coming up against the Patriots, however. Yeah, here's my quiz for the reader. There were 10 uh, Tennessee players who were targeted this week, and I, I want to see on your own time, see how many you can list. Uh, the par score is six, <laughs> although maybe the par should be five. I mean, it, it, Ryan Tannehill was throwing to guys. I'm not even sure if he knew who they were, but that's how injury-riddled they are. And it, it's really frustrating to see A.J. Brown you know, kind of having a career that mirrors – the end or, or looks like the end of Julio Jones's career where he's just constantly right. hurt and you can't get through right. a full game because there's such wonderful talents. Julio's already in the Hall of Fame as far as I'm concerned. And A.J. Brown has Hall of Fame talent. So that's not fun to see. Uh, I, I can't recommend any. Marcus Johnson burned me last week. I, they're, they're, Akine and Marcus Johnson, I'll give you two of the Tennessee guys. The other eight, you're on your own. Good luck. <laughs> Again, six is our par score. I believe eight is the score to beat. So good luck with that. DeAndre Carter reminds me so much of Tim Patrick where – there's not a huge upside there, but he's got touchdown yeah. equity. Yeah. And you know, Washington, the tree's pretty narrow. I don't know when they're going to get Logan Thomas back. We, we know, of course, that they have an alpha receiver there. But the, the Carter has a role. Heineke's playing well. It's a good matchup. Uh, if you're looking for 40 to 65 yards and maybe a 50-50 chance at a touchdown or 40% chance at a touchdown, I think, I think Carter fits that. The thing with Van Jefferson, I'll sign off on all the positive Van Jefferson things you say. And he's got a pedigree, right? His father, Sean Jefferson, was an NFL receiver. He's been a position coach for a long time. So he's learned at the the feet of his respected dad. Jefferson looks better on the stat sheet than he does on the field. A lot of times it seems like he's maybe not running the, the cleanest route or he and Stafford don't have the greatest connection. But they just had a buy. The targets are there. It's a bankable offense. Obviously, the Woods injury opens up. Jefferson to have a role here. And, and as you said, with, with the personnel they play, he's on the field basically 100% of the time. Yeah. So if you can get a player like that on waivers this late in the season, you, you know, you don't question, don't nitpick him like the way I just did for the last 15 seconds. Uh, <laughs> he's the first guy to get. I'll also sign off on MVS. I, I would hope that Valdez 10 targets, would, 10 targets, right? Would be tied to the idea would be that you'd have two consistent guys ahead of him or maybe three consistent guys ahead of him. Yeah. And then MVS is your throw caution to the wind. You know, the, he's an air yards guy, right? It's a lot of times air yards turn into a whole lot of nothing. It turns into a whole lot of two for 17. It's like, oh, the air yards. Oh, we just missed. You know, he, he just had one foot out of bounds on a 58 yard catch or, you know, he got interfered with on what could have been a touchdown, but he's still tied to Aaron Rodgers. There's no obvious number two receiving threat here we know adams of course you know lords over this offense they have a role for a second receiver and a deep threat i think mbs as long as he can stay healthy is going to fill that so i i'm happy to add him i like sterling shepherd i he's been hurt so much through his career in this year that's hard for me to rely on him so i'm not going to go near him one thing with cedric wilson and, and i know he didn't play his best game against kansas city although the chiefs defense has been surprisingly pesky the last few weeks if you're playing that DFS slate on Thursday, I, Wilson's salary has to be really low. I mean, he'll be a good punt play. It's a good call. Yeah. Where you, you only need 50 or 60 yards for him to pay it off. If he gets a touchdown, you've made a big win. So he, he could be a fun DFS guy if you don't want to make the seasonal step forward. I still believe in the Dallas infrastructure. I know the offensive line's a little bit dinged up. I believe in Kellen Moore. I believe in Dak Prescott. The last time this team let us down, they absolutely took a team to the woodshed the following week. I think Dallas will be back in the 27, 30 point range on Thanksgiving. And I have a feeling Cedric Wilson will get a piece of that. Uh, yeah, if they get back to the 27, 30 point range, um, it's going to be hard for like those those numbers can't all go to running backs, presumably. I, I, I think that I agree. Um, I, we're we're in almost perfect lockstep here. I, I really think that MVS and Van Jefferson are the two guys that 
if I'm actually looking at, you know, beyond this week, beyond immediate needs for week 12, if I'm looking rest of season, they're probably the only two guys that I'm seriously interested in rostering for multiple weeks. Let's uh, let's hit the tight ends real quick. A couple of familiar names here. The, the one name, and again, I always have to throw out this caveat, we're recording this on a Monday afternoon. Don't yet know what happened on Monday night, but I think uh, <laughs> there's never a right time to add Evan Ingram, but if there's a less bad time, it would probably be going into a matchup against Philadelphia. Maybe we could have a discussion about this because I, I feel like people have different opinions about uh, whether it's even relevant to talk about defensive performance against certain positions against the tight end position. Man, Philadelphia has been bad against tight ends this year, and it's not a it's not a one year thing for that team. And I I do tend to feel like at the at the extremes, you know, the the teams that are particularly generous to tight ends and and particularly stingy against tight ends. I do tend to think that it matters because it reflects something about scheme. It reflects something about personnel, the decisions that they make with regard to coverage. I do tend to think it matters. Like Troutman just went off against the Eagles as we knew he would. Tight ends have been doing it absolutely all year against uh, against the Eagles defense. They have given up the most receptions, the most receiving yards, the most receiving touchdowns to opposing tight ends. And they are about to get Evan Ingram. Do with that information what you will. Beyond that, I mentioned Tyler Conklin in the in the column. I still mentioned Dan Arnold, even though he just got shut out last week, because as you'd said earlier, you know, Dan Arnold in in like four of his previous five games had given us 60 plus receiving yards. And that like that kind of makes you a made man at the tight end spot. Yeah, we've talked so much about Conklin and Arnold in previous episodes. People know what they're getting there. Um, Conklin gets the scraps. Minnesota's got probably the narrowest tree in the NFL, right? It's all Cook, it's yeah. all Jefferson, it's all Thielen, and whatever scraps are left go to Conklin. But he's got 30 to 50-yard projectability, maybe a touchdown. Um, Lauren Carpenter gave him out on FF Live a couple weeks ago, and he had a two-touchdown game, so that was a nice hit. I have no problem. Uh, if you're If you're not – enriched with a great tight end I, I can still go to battle with Conklin and Arnold I mean, Arnold was variants I, I don't I saw some I think Troy King another friend of ours who's on FFI was apologizing for his Dan Arnold take and say hey the guy was really good three weeks in a row I mean everybody yeah. has a game where for whatever reason they fall off the face of relevance I, I haven't looked at that tape maybe San Francisco prioritized them in coverage I, I, I don't know if that happened but I mean it's a variance game that's the way NFL is I'm fine with those two guys you made a great point here, and I'm just going to underscore it. Yes, the Eagles are, are giving it up against the tight end. And you talked about outliers. And this is a huge part of how I play fantasy football, okay? If a team, if a defense, especially when you talk about defensive strength, I want to know what defenses excel in a certain area, and I want to know what defenses are horrible in a certain area. The point is not, oh, this team is number 13 against tight ends. This team is number 17. Yes. So I, yeah. I got to go for the 13. That doesn't matter. The big yeah. middle, who cares? It, it's not significant of anything. It's all noise. The signal is who is horrible at something, who is great at something. And the Eagles give up such an, a high completion percentage. And what are these, what are we talking about here? We're talking about defined throws. We're talking about where the quarterback knows where the ball goes and the guy's wide open. It's a very low stress play for a quarterback. So not only will I sign off on Ingram, and I, look, we're flying blind on the Monday game. I also think we did mention Daniel Jones, and I know Daniel Jones has had plenty of bricks right. this year, but he's been playing without his his offense, right? I mean, Barkley's been in and out of the lineup and, and the receiving room. We never know who's going to play. If you can give Daniel Jones 60% of what their best offensive talent is supposed to be, whether it's Tony plays, I don't, I don't know if Shepard will play, um, they've gotten almost nothing out of Kenny Galladay. I mean, it feels like Kenny Galladay never even really joined the team. But I think Daniel Jones could be could put up a 22. Well, we just saw a bunch of quarterbacks, right? A, a bunch of sketchy quarterbacks just had good games. And we talked about the importance of running. Daniel Jones is willing to run. He's got yep. 30 to 50-yard rushing upside, You know, maybe a rushing touchdown there. So I'll sign off on Ingram. And I also think maybe we, we should have given Daniel Jones. And again, look, who knows what he's going to do. Monday night. Maybe he'll play so poorly that nobody wants to touch him, but I think he could have some value against Philadelphia as well. But the main takeaway, live on the outliers. That's what matters with this stuff. Don't don't care about 13s and 15s and 17s. That stuff doesn't matter. Very well said. Uh, before we get out of here, why don't you give the people one player to drop heading into week 12? Yeah, I'm going to do the Andy Barron spineless drop because every good fancy manager <laughs> has already dropped McCall Hardman, 50% rostered. So I guess he still qualifies for the segment. Look, they don't view him as a priority player anymore. 
And so, I mean, you, it, if you need a player to have a good game before you actually start <laughs> him again, that, that means you can probably drop him. You can drop a Cole Hardman. Uh, I am going to give you a guy that we discussed last week. And listen, uh, today's pod, probably full of guys that we'll be dropping a week from now. Um, we we gave it a try with Deontay Foreman, and it didn't happen, right? Uh, Dontrell Hilliard ha- had a role. Adrian Peterson continues to have a role. Congrats to Foreman on recording, I, b- I believe, the first missed tackle that he has recorded this season uh, occurred this past week. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's I-, I felt like he's been a rough watch, right? He's generally tackled by the first guy to make contact with him. But he had, we thought, a, a really appealing matchup uh, this past week against Houston. He didn't pop. He didn't uh, he-, he didn't really surge to the head of a committee or anything like that. So, listen, we tried. It's over. I'm kicking him to the curb. Man, I, I needed the Tennessee defense to do something. Uh, spoiler: Ugh. the Tennessee defense did not come through. I, I, I've been not, I've been off my defense game. We've seen a lot of major upsets lately, right? It used to be just so easy. Oh, ten point favorite, you know, playing yep. one of the weakest teams in the league. I'll get my seventeen yep. points on defense. How about zero? Maybe we should be talking about these drops at the top of the show. I hate to hate to hate to always end on a on a depressing note like that. I think like, next week we should do all drops. We should do like we should drop like twenty seven <laughs> guys and then maybe pick up two guys. That, that's what we should do. Totally, yeah, we'll flip, put the totally flip we'll put, the script. We'll put all the ads behind a paywall from now on. That's a great idea. I love yeah, you, it. You're, um, just go, you're just going premium, man. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised when I call you. Well, you I mean, you almost never return my calls, but you, you're going to be like, okay. Oh, this is you, at, at the beep. It's going to be three ninety five a minute. P and L. Yeah, you don't have the secret the the secret subscriber hotline. That's the problem. That's the I only. Do not have there. access to the bat phone. I'm working on that. Producer John, maybe you, you can give it to me, but. Um, you know, I don't like give it away, frozen. John. I, don't give it away. I feel like I'm being frozen out. I don't like it. Don't make me change that number again. Um, okay, that's going to do it for this episode. But we will, of course, keep the conversation going on Twitter. You can follow me at Andy Barons. You should definitely follow him, Scott at Scott underscore Pianowski for fantasy news and analysis. Why wouldn't you want that from the whole team? Please make sure that you're also following at Yahoo Fantasy. Liz and Dalton are going to be there tomorrow. They're going to be back tomorrow with a preview of all of Week 12's games. But until then, we are out. We'll be right back.